Welcome to another episode of the Stoic Creative Broadcast, where the art of living and the creative process converge. I'm your host, Scott Perry, author of the Stoic Creative Handbook, available now on Amazon. Visit thestoiccreative.com to download the free chapters and get guided and get going right away. Let's meet today's guest. Paul, really excited to have you on the broadcast for reasons I'll explain shortly, but welcome to the broadcast. Please introduce yourself and share a project that you're currently working on or excited about. Yeah, thank you, Scott. Uh, my name is Paul Jun, um, and the creative project that I am currently working on is actually photography. Um, I moved to Brooklyn last year for uh, a new gig. Uh, I'm the head of content at Creative Mornings, which is a free breakfast lecture series for the creative community in I think currently we just onboarded a new city and so I think we're at 174 cities around the world um, <clears throat> and so I got into photography uh, last year kind of just as a way to explore my neighborhood um, I was actually resistant moving to Brooklyn um, I didn't I didn't get the appeal of it uh, and so my younger brother gave me his camera and was like, you know, you should use this to do some street photography. And one thing led to another. Um, and it's just been snowballing ever since. And it, it's such a fascinating craft. You know, I, I come from uh, a world of writing and, you know, I see the world in words. I, I look at the building or um, if I'm having a conversation with someone, I, I can literally imagine a sentence being formed. Um, with photography, it has completely changed and opened up like my worldview and creativity. Uh, and so, yeah. That is really interesting. So right off the bat, we can um, talk about uh, how uh, creativity in particular, and we'll get into the stoic aspect of it here in just a minute too. But so you had this challenge that you were going to be living somewhere that you didn't really want to necessarily live. Mm -hmm. And so the way that you connected with your community was to engage in a brand new creative enterprise. I think that's really fascinating. So how, how, would, you, how would you define um, creativity? I mean, what's, what is creativity? What does that word mean to you? Uh, I have to borrow from um, uh, one of my favorite writers, Kurt Vonnegut. Uh, it's this, he, I always go back to this. I, I think it's so incredibly wise. Um, but he wrote a, a basically a school of a, a group of high schoolers wrote to Kurt Vonnegut and uh, asking for uh, particularly creative advice. And he said, in short, um, you know, find out what's inside of you. You know, you use it. Do try dancing. Try painting. You know, try writing. Uh, not to get money or fame, but to 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 become someone. And um, I think creativity for me, you know, over the last six, seven years of, of being a writer and, and now being a photographer, um, to me, it's an act of becoming. It's an act of finding out what's actually inside of you, what moves you, what inspires you, how you, how you engage with the world, um, and communicating that back to an audience, to a person. Um, and so, yeah, I think ultimately it's about, it's about becoming and, and, and learning about oneself. That's great. I've, uh, so shortly after the Alt-MBA meetup, and I'll just full disclosure, Paul and I um, connected because we are both Alt-MBA uh, alums. I, yes. what, what, what session were you? 
Uh, so the <laughs> the funny thing is, is I actually oh, never took the course. That's right. You're, you're that guy. <laughs> I'm that guy. Um, I was an inaugural coach uh, when Seth and team first started the program, and I coached four sessions in a row. Um, I transitioned to building the alumni community. Uh, I did that for about a year. And then just this year, uh, I came back as a coach and I coached all NBA 10 and all NBA 12. Oh, fantastic. Well, I'm a sixer. And, um, and, and so I couldn't make the live, uh, you know, the the meetup Mm -hmm. in New York. Um, But I actually was coming through town a couple days later. So I, I did get a chance to connect with Seth then, but in preparation for that, I connected with some people that were there. And Elizabeth Boardman, who is a friend, um, uh, was one of those people that said, you've got to meet Paul. He's like a force of nature. He was out there everywhere taking pictures and <laughs> hugging people. And, uh, and, and she was not the only person to mention you as yeah. being part of that, that particular celebration. So I oh, really appreciate so it. Well, you, you have obviously really been a, a valued asset in all MBA. Mm-hmm. And certainly um, I, I valued your, your um, leadership and the community aspect for the alumni um, Slack Thank channel, you. which I know you, you, you recently um, stopped doing so that you could get on mm-hmm. with your, your, your new gig. Um, so, and just to continue on, I, I really appreciate that. I was just writing down the Kurt Vonnegut um, quote, which I'm not really familiar with, but I'm going to research that. Do you see, um, so creativity, I see creativity as just like this human endeavor. I mean, we, we are creative beings. It's how we survived as a species. It's, it's what drives us to solve problems and to thrive in difficult circumstances and drives us to connect and collaborate with each other. Um, do you see, so where creativity is kind of an everyday thing and on, on some level, obviously, you know, there are people that take creativity to, to, to new and exciting places. Do you have any kind of dividing line? Do you, I, I think of it as creativity is an everyday thing, but art is like that kind of specialized, intentional, significant, um, way of, of, of applying your creativity. Do you, do you have any, uh, sense or any, is there any dividing line for you or, or bar that you have to kind of get over in order to elevate, uh, to a, you know, to, to the next level? Hmm. That's a really great question. I actually never thought of that. I think, I don't know if there's really a dividing line for me. Um, I think creativity is such like a, wow, it's like such like a deep, like it's such like a a linchpin in a sense, like a component of my life. Um, Because before I became a writer, I actually never identified myself as a creative. Like I played sports my whole life. I never read books. I, you know, never really did anything where I had to do something that was, you know, seemingly original and then like produce it and then ship it. Um, It's only until I became a writer that I really understood the value of like putting something together, whether it's a blog post or a book. Um, And so, no, I think the creative process for me is, 
is just a daily, it, it's a habit. It, it's just such a part of who I am. Um, everything from the work and the projects that I take on uh, always have a creative component to it. Um, and whether, uh, whether that is a work of art that changes someone that might not, that might not work, uh, I don't know. Um, but I think that's the point of creativity is actually finding that out and figuring it out. Yeah, it's I, so in thinking about your response, it's it's it comes like that old joke about, you know, defining pornography. Well, I don't know what pornography is, but I know it when I see it type of thing. And as a creative person, you, you you're engaged in creativity. And at mm -hmm. some point you you recognize that you're doing so with. Uh, kind of a more aspirational motivation and mm. with a greater uh, sense of integrity and, and intention. And it's like, there's no dividing line. It's, it's kind of like there's a philosophical um, conundrum, which is, you know, when does a, when does a collection of sand pebbles become a lump of sand? You know, you start, you put mm. down, a, you put down a, a, a grain of sand and then another and another. And yeah. at some point you decide it's a lump. Well, yeah. It, you decide it's a lump and you take one away. Is it no longer a lump? Um, so it, oh, I love that. Well, and, and you, you just brought to mind one of my favorite pieces by Malcolm Gladwell is about conceptual versus exper experimental creatives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I find myself to be very experimental. Like I just, I love just trying stuff. And, and I'm one of those people that have never really been fearful about putting it out there. It's like, mm -hmm. I love it. You know, I hope you hate it. I hope you love it. <laughs> I, I just hope you say something so that yes. I can learn something and become better. Yeah. Um, but I really admire people like a Dylan or um, a Van Gogh, somebody that can like see it in their head mm. And then just put it at like almost in one act, mm -hmm. just, just put it out there and it's almost perfect the very first time it gets launched. And it's, it's, uh, you, you know, I don't know what, what the real difference is. Mm -hmm. um, I guess it's, it's, uh, you know, has to do with how much experience and how dedicated and, and kind of intentional and focused you are um, in your craft. So, you the, the the photography is the newest thing but you've been writing for some time mm -hmm. um tell us a little bit uh i know that you have a, a blog um share share that with us and, and tell us a little bit more about what your writing kind of uh is is centered around yeah um just to give uh some context um i actually started i i began the craft of writing actually when i was uh still in college i was failing uh, school. I was literally like my one. My GPA was like one point seven or one point eight. Um, I was very lost at that time. You know, totally different person. Very lost in life. Uh, luckily, through someone who I, I consider a mentor and best friend, um, he was just like, "Listen, like you just need to try something." He's like, "If I ask you to build me a website, you can't do that." He's like, "If I ask you to edit my resume, you can't do that." He's like, he's like, you need to practice a skill so that you can create value for yourself and ultimately others. And at the time I was playing a lot of video games. And so he was like, why don't you start a blog and write about like your gaming? He's like, you're ingrained in the gaming community. You have a, an assertion about a way to do things. Why don't you try it? He bought me a one year kind of like hosting thing, you know, very cheap, set me up a, a WordPress site. 
And I just, he opened, he just showed me a door and I never looked back. Um, ultimately, uh, writing my, my journey changed a lot. I think obviously in the beginning I was kind of pandering towards what can make me money because that was like my greatest kind of problem at the time. Um, and then over time I realized that I simply love the act of writing for the sake of it. Um, and what my blog became and what it is now is just a representation of my self-education. It's the, it's the books that I read. It's the, it's the thinkers that I, uh, learn from. And the final end result of a blog post is me connecting those dots and under, basically it's, it's seeking to understand. Um, there's a great book uh, on writers called uh, Why We Write, and this person interviews a bunch of writers and simply just asks the question, you know, why do you write? And so many of these responses have that undertone of, I write to shed dead skin, I write to understand, I write to uh, gain knowledge, you know, I write to become something that I envision myself to be, like kind of setting a higher bar for yourself. And I use writing as a way to become that person. And so all those responses were so, they resonated with me. And um, I remember like two years ago when I was kind of redesigning my site and asking myself, okay, like, I think I'm on like a different level now, right? Where I'm not, I am so less concerned about, you know, making a profit or becoming popular. Um, I simply just kind of kept asking, what is this platform for? Um, and the moment I started kind of applying those boundaries of like kind of safeguarding my creativity and, and, and the intrinsic motivation of why I actually wake up in the morning and dump a thousand words onto a blank page, even though it might not get published. Right. I just simply need to write to write. And yeah, it, that it, it's been, it's been that ever since. And, um, even though I haven't updated my blog in a while since I moved to Brooklyn and my habits changed. I did start getting back into the habit. Um, you know, the other day it was the best feeling. Someone messaged me and was like, Hey, I noticed you haven't published since November. Like do you plan on publishing again? And it was like one message. But to me that was like, wow, like someone actually cares. Um, and people are still signing up to like my newsletter. And so, uh, yeah, just being very intentional about why you're showing up and, and producing this type of work and investing so much time into it. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Scratching your own itch so that you can understand yourself. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's just really what it is. Like I, um, I get a lot of questions on, uh, like, you know, starting a blog and whatnot. And I said, and my, my framework is, is if it was hidden from the world, would you still do it? And if the answer is no, then I'm going to question your motives on why you're actually writing like let's be very clear on what it's for i i appreciate you sharing well number one i love that um so seth always seth godin who appeared on the last broadcast is always asking will they miss you if you're oh, when you're gone you know that's and that's the, that is the best framework for anyone's i think creative career is like just asking that question every day you know I, I, I think about that a lot because of my age, it's like legacy. Okay. Mm. So, you know, and as a musician, many years ago, I decided your legacy is not like your recorded work because it's not that good and people aren't going to continue to listen to it. I, and I'm not, I'm not going to be the Beatles or, or Beethoven. I mean, it's, it's going to be there and some people it's connected with, but 
um, when I started teaching, I realized that, oh, that's my legacy. I create, I, I, I give people the gift of music so that they can become happier and healthier and they can share their gift and make others happier and healthier. And that's like, that's a much more satisfying legacy. And so what you were just speaking to in terms of, you know, like you, I began working, I began creating online with the idea of like, how can I, how can I monetize this? How can I turn this into something that yep. provide? And then I didn't succeed until I finally realized that profits and recognition are not the reasons to do anything. They're results of doing something that's actually meaningful and significant. Boom. Yeah. So if you just can, you know, focus on the craft, develop your craft, deliver your work, engage with an audience and understand that 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 it's a that every act of creativity is an act of collaboration because you're you you're sharing it it's yeah. it's other people you're standing up and saying this is who i am this mm. is what i made mm -hmm. and you know people if it's ignored that that's a signal <laughs> that tells mm -hmm. you something if mm -hmm. if people hate it that's a, that, that that can be useful information if people love it that's you know that that may or may not be an indication that it's it's any good or it's it, that you know that you're on the right path. Mm -hmm. So we we get a sense now of kind of what fuels your artistic um, pursuits. And uh, at the halfway point, I don't want to miss out on um, you know you. I, I before we got on, I said how excited I was to have you on because you are a declared creative, and you are a declared stoic. And of course, the broadcast is called the Stoic Creative which is really just, um, you know, after my handbook, but mm -hmm. uh, as the first person to kind of plant their flag in both of those domains, um, talk to us a little bit about how stoicism um, applies to your creative approach and, and if it enhances it, how, how it does so. Absolutely. Um, so uh, short backstory, I think it might be helpful for context is um, so I, you know, I, I, I got into the craft of writing. I had some momentum going very early on because I was investing in workshops. Um, one year I had a, a pretty like bad health outbreak. Uh, I had like gluteal psoriasis kind of like, kind of just take over my face, my body, everything. And um, I went to dermatologist and she looked at me and was like, you know, I'm sorry, there's like no pill or, like kind of cream that I can give you to alleviate this. This is all because of stress. And she's like, she took a long breath and was like, you need to meditate. And I kind of snapped. I, well, I didn't kind of snap. I snapped. Like I was so angry with that like advice. Um, and then I kind of went home like huffing, you know, very angry. And then it was just a weird serendipitous moment where a friend was like, hey, you should consider reading this book. And it was Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Oh, wow. And so I read that book and I was so angry because it was like all the advice I needed to hear. And I, and I didn't want to hear it, but like it was, it was front and center. And so that's how stoicism came into my life is I read that book. It fundamentally changed how I thought about adversity and pain and, you know, uh, mystery and randomness. And... So, you know, I applied that, that philosophy into my day-to-day -day life. I actually did. And at the same time was developing a habit of meditation. Um, my, my, like the psoriasis disappeared, you know, two, three months later. And to me, that was like a, 
a reflection of how powerful our minds can be and how powerful our perception could be. And it made me appreciate that on a whole new level. Um, and so luckily, and so now, you know, stoicism applies to me. Uh, it's, I, I call it my operating system. I think, you know, when I was that failing college student, you know, I, I say that I had like a windows 98 operating system. It was, it was outdated. My beliefs were outdated. My thinking was outdated. Um, and then with stoicism and also that encouraged me to read a lot more because here I was, you know, I read the art of war years before that I read some of Seth's works. Um, but that book particularly, I had one never been interested in philosophy. You know, I had read about like, you know, Aristotle and all the old thinkers like in school, but it kind of brushed it off and went and didn't really appreciate it. Uh, that level of thought in so many years ago you know, thousands of years ago. And so now stoicism is kind of like my, in many ways, it's, it's now my operating system. And it's like a, almost like a guardian angel. It, it, it's the, it's the invisible mentor that I always wish I had, or it's the mentor I wish I had, but it's like, it, it's like an invisible mentor. It's always with me. And it, and it kind of, because I have the habit now of using that framework, um, it, it ultimately helps me save, you know, time from thrashing so much and, and engaging in self-defeat. Um, like, for example, with photography, brand new craft, the fear is very real. Everything from going up to a stranger in New York City and saying, hey, I absolutely love your outfit. I love the way this light is hitting you. My name's Paul. May I please take a picture? Um, that was so insanely – I mean, it's difficult for anyone. Um, but ultimately – when I think about it, I, I, I get to the core of it. And it's like, what are you really afraid of, right? It's just an ask. Um, I'm, I'm afraid of the things I can't control. I'm afraid of failure. I'm afraid of rejection. Stoicism, in many ways, helps me reframe everything. It you know, makes me reframe, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? Okay, well, then if you fail, you know, is, that, is that just an event? Or is that actually damaging your character? If it's not damaging your character, then what are you really afraid of, right? If it's just the event that's a failure, you could learn from it and move on. But I never thought like that in the past. And so even like as I was growing my writing career, getting those rejection letters uh, from publishers and not hearing back from certain people that I really admired and wanted to collaborate with, um, if I didn't have that operating system, I would have actually just reveled in a hurt ego and I would have defeated myself and I would have just kind of basked in like this just negative energy. Um, and so stoicism just really helps me uh, just like figure out like, what is it that you're really feeling and why? And like, why are you giving so much power to this negative energy? Whereas you can actually refocus your mind on helping you move forward and like become a better person and become more thoughtful, you know, and become more empathetic. Um, stoicism, you know, the word stoic in itself has such a, people think stoic and they think, oh, this person is unemotional. They are not caring. They, you know, they brush it off and they, uh, you know, don't show compassion. That's not true at all. Like even the slightest bit, I'm the most sensitive person, you know? And, uh, yeah, it's just a way for me to deal with the realities and the harshness sometimes of life. That's awesome. So there's several things I, I want to stick a pin in and, yeah. and we're getting to it. But so 
I love, I always say that stoicism is big medicine. And in your case, it actually was big medicine, not just from a mindset point of view, but it, you know, from a health point of view. That's, Absolutely. That's awesome. And so, because we don't have a ton of time left, I, I want to just kind of drill down on one element or aspect of what you were saying, because it struck me as you were talking about your connection, because Marcus is my guy. Mm-hmm. I was introduced to Marcus and meditations in the seventh grade. And mm-hmm. I was, uh, I began taking Latin in seventh grade and I took four years of it through um, high school and my Latin instructor for three of those four years on graduation day gifted me his copy of meditations. Wow. And I read it at least annually all the way through college and my young adult life. But I never, I don't think as you were telling your story, I don't think I ever connected it with stoicism necessarily. I just, I, I don't remember thinking, oh, I, I love this philosophy. I loved the com- I loved being reading Marx's conversations with himself because those were the same kind of conversations going on in my head. Like, mm. how can you be a better man? How can yes. you how can you maximize your potential? How can you maximize your life? How you know, how can you better get along with, you know, people that are different or disagreeable or um so all of that, and, and the reason why this is, that part of it is near and dear to my heart is because I, in my creative endeavor, I chose to put the Stoic label on it. Right. And Seth himself told me, like, you, that's a problem. Like, you're going to have to deal with that. And he didn't say don't do it, he, but he right. said, you have to recognize that most people have an association with that word that has no appeal. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and so, but I did it anyways, in part because I thought it would fail. Mm. Um, but I wanted to, I like, I actually wanted to see what would happen. Cause like, if you look at somebody like Ryan holiday, who writes the obstacles away, he, he says the word stoicism maybe three times. Yep. He's using the philosophy just as you do as an operating system to help people overcome misfortune. And to ch- overcome challenges, but he never says it because he knows that the, he he wants he wants his his work to be read and have appeal, and he knows that stoicism does not have a popular um, audience at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I guess there was a part of me that just was really like I'm sick and tired of people hiding this beautiful philosophy that can solve problems for oh, yeah. people, and you know it's a philosophy that that comes from hard times, that's based on how to thrive and flourish and be happy mm-hmm. despite any difficult circumstances, situations, or events. And as creatives, as you said, that's like, it's perfect for us because the creative life is by definition a life of challenge and often misfortune. <laughs> yes. um, I, mean, I mean, think about like the story of Epictetus, you know, born a slave, uh, use this philosophy to overcome what you know we're we hope we'll never feel that in our lives right that extreme sense of hopelessness and and uh, adversity and he he came out of that and ended up teaching the philosophy to others um i mean that in itself you know i seek stories like that whether it's whether it has that beautiful label of stoicism or not I seek those stories of, of triumph and overcoming it. And, you know, I'm sure there are many books, even like uh, Victor Frankl's, um, the, the, the 
the one title. It's like something meaning man search for meaning, the man search for meaning. Like, although the word, you know, stoicism isn't, isn't represented there, the, the principles and, and the uh, adaptive behavior of overcoming anything that is in front of you, uh, it's a silver lining that extends in religions and other philosophies as well. Um, and so it's simply just a part of life is like knowing how to deal with these things. And yeah, I, it is, it is sad that like we, we are hung up on this kind of tone and representation of the word. Um, but if you could move past that, uh, it's a, it's a beautiful philosophy and you could find many different representations of it in many different forms, you know, essentially all of the wisdom from the old ages are just kind of being repeated and reused and repackaged. Um, and so to me, that's like, once you see those patterns and really understand that history, um, you start to have an appreciation for a lot of different, you know, fields of uh, thinking and, and thought. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's not a doctrine or it's not dogmatic. It's not a right. religion. You don't have to join right. to use to, and find the, the principles and practices useful in, in whatever you're, um, domain is whether it's a creative enterprise or, or business in general or social enterprise. Well, Paul, we are coming up on, on the 30 minute mark. And, uh, I, I, this is another one of those conversations that I wish I could continue on. But I, but the, the reason, one of the reasons that these things are 30 minutes long is it comes from my musician background. It's like always leave them wanting more. Yes. That's <laughs> <laughs> a better way to go out than to go on and on and have people wish it would just end. Um, but before we, uh, before we drop off, I would love for you to share um, where people can connect with you online, but also maybe just because I think Creative Mornings is a, just a fantastic resource. I've watched several of uh, one of my favorites is the Simon Sinek one, which I think is yes. probably one of the more popular ones, but um, there's tons of great stuff there. So just let folks know where they can connect with you and then where can they learn more about the creative mornings? Yeah. Um, so I write on my blog, uh, motivatedmastery.com. And so I am, uh, my promise is to uh, ship more often now that I have so much to write about. Um, and then my photography, uh, I've been kind of updating the portfolio a bit. Um, it's just pauljun.me. Um, and you can see kind of what I'm up to as well. I link to like my Twitter and my Instagram, which I, which I share uh, often. And um, yeah, creativemornings.com. See if there is a chapter in your city. Uh, they're free events. They're on a Friday. They're once a month. Uh, every month is a new theme. And the speaker goes up there um, basically talking about a project or possibly something in their career that relates to that theme. Um, and just kind of, it's about empowering and educating the creative communities around the world. And uh, yeah, to the last thing uh, before you go, actually, is I actually want to show you oh, my, yeah. uh, my tattoo. Right. Um, so this, uh, the, the story of this, and probably wondering why I have Nero on my arm. Um, I have to get uh, Seneca. I'm finishing with Seneca on the inside. Um, but basically, I, I got this uh, tattooed, but his name is Jun Cha. He's based out in L.A. I had to wait three years uh, oh. to get tattooed by him. And um, stoicism had such an impact on me that I had to get it tattooed on me. Uh, I always said that if you were to peel back my skin, you're going to see the teachings of stoicism. Um, and the reason why I have Nero 
Um, well, it's a statue in Spain. It's Nero and Seneca kind of having a conversation. Nero is slouching with his hand on his fist or his hand on his face. Seneca's leaning in. He looks concerned. He has parchments and scrolls kind of all over him. And to me, that was a reminder that even though I practice these principles and that I, I make it a part of my life, um, that at any moment, your ego can take over and win. Uh, the story of Nero is fascinating. If, if anyone that's listening hasn't, um, don't know Nero's story, you know, he had all the possibilities to be a good leader uh, and to be a good person. But I think what ultimately fell, took over him was ego. And that's what kind of sent him down a path of destruction and kind of just not being true to what he was capable of doing. And so it's a reminder to me that like, yes, you are a self-proclaimed creative and stoic, but don't think that you are immune to ego and failure and uncertainty. I am just as vulnerable as anyone else. Um, it's just a matter of being very self-aware of those feelings and doing something wise with it. That's fantastic. Well, I'm going to ask you to hold on the line for one second while we close. Um, and want to thank you very much, Paul, for, for being here and for sharing all that wisdom. It's really um, delightful finally to, to get to do it's been something i've wanted to do for a long time so thank you everybody for tuning in if you're still with us we appreciate your time and attention you can help ensure the continued delivery and development of this broadcast simply go to the storecreative.com click on the fuel tab in the upper right hand corner and decide what to do next now go out there and share your best work with those that need it need it and paul thanks so much for your generosity and being here and for the great work that you do Thank you, Scott. This is a massive privilege and honor. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into the Stoic Creative Podcast. If you're still with us, we appreciate your time and attention. You can help ensure the continued development and delivery of this broadcast. Simply visit thestoicreative.com and click on the Fuel tab in the upper right-hand corner. Then decide what to do next. Now, go and share your best work with those that need it, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.